Hi, Signature Associates and friends. Welcome to the Signature Edge Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you design an uncommon and impactful career in the business of healthcare. Together, we are making a difference for our clients by lowering the rising costs and administrative burdens associated with great care. Engage with us as we spotlight big ideas to discover an uncommon you through leadership, teamwork, and focus on the healthcare industry. Think deeply, commit fully, and take yourself to the next level of performance. Well, here we go again, and welcome back to The Edge, everyone. My name's Mark Mathia, and I'm one of your co-hosts here, and I am joined with two of my best friends at work, Chris Woodhouse, who's a director of Claims XM. Chris, welcome. Hello, Mark. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you. And Amy Hennings, who is our Vice President of Experience. Amy, welcome to The Edge. Hi, Mark. It's great to be here. Well, we have an exciting episode today to get into. But before we get started, can I just give you both a pat on the back? Congratulations on one year of podcasting. Today, we celebrate our anniversary. Congratulations on a year, team. That's amazing. It's gone by so fast. It's been fun. It has gone by fast. Uh, when you think about the year behind us, what stood out to you? You know what I loved? I loved all the signature associates we were able to highlight. I think that that was really fun to be able to hear all those different perspectives. And I got to tell you, I learned a lot from you too. I, I always love hearing what you guys have to say and what you bring to the table. I think it's really, really fun. I think for me, it was all... Well, the content well, I think was was great that that Addison brought up for us a lot of the ideas and and progression. But I really really enjoyed the interviews, like just talking to different folks here at Signature and getting their opinions and advice and wisdom. It was just really really fun to to dive in with them into some of the concepts we we pursued. I agree with both of you, and those are some really good comments. We have some amazing associates. And we get to work at an amazing company. And so it's so much fun to highlight that. You know, and I have to tell you, the, the information that this group shares and the things that I've pulled away from you and from our associates and for all the hard work that's been going on at this organization is just amazing. And I hope from an associate perspective uh, that they've been able to clue in and hear some of that. I so want to share it. I want to shout from the top of the roofs, hey, tune into the edge if you want to be on the cutting edge of what's going on in healthcare. Um, but you know what? I have to say, this year's gone so fast because I get to spend time with each of you talking about big ideas and talking about the work that we do. What a pleasure. So thank you so much for being the host and leading us into that discussion. And to all of our associates and business partners out there who put your faith in us, thank you for being part of this. This is your podcast. Yeah, I can second that. Thank you, everyone. And Mark and Amy, it's so fantastic to spend time with you. And I can speak on behalf of producer Addison. He really, his 2023 goal is he'd really like someone to email him at podcast at signatureperformance.com. So that's our next thing. Email us so we can hear from you. Absolutely. That would be great to get that engagement. And by the way, you would be surprised at how quickly you could be invited onto this show if you just send your thoughts and ideas and clue us into areas and parts of the organization that we need to focus on. And if you're a business partner, Clue us in to you and what you would find important because we're here to serve. And I know that is true about each and every one of us. 
You know, I wonder if we couldn't maybe find some signature swag lying around for the first person to email Addison. Oh, Just... I love that idea. I can find some swag. We're in. <laughs> All right. All right. Everyone heard that challenge number one at the beginning of the show, not even at the end. Uh, if you email Addison, um, we're, we have some signature swag. Think about what content you'd like to hear. Think about how you would like to participate with us. Any ideas, whatever it is, anything goes, but you'll be entered in that drawing for some swag. Awesome. All right, guys, the headline caught my eye and I really want to know what you think about it. So I don't know if you're like me, but in December, I was all in on the World Cup. Mm. I watched a ton of the games. I was cheering for USA um, and it was just, I got just mesmerized by soccer. I think it's because Ted Lasso taught me to love soccer. But here's what the <laughs> headline said. It said a psychologist spent five years studying World Cup penalty shootouts. And if you've ever watched soccer, there becomes a moment that is the most dramatic moment, I think, in sports where the score is tied, they've, done, they've run out of overtimes, and now they, each team has five chances to kick the ball into the goal to win the game. And so what they studied is a, a psychologist said, okay, what does it mean to do work under pressure? So before we dig into the article, I want to know about what you guys think. How do you make sure you can perform under pressure? What would be your best guess at what these psychologists found? Well, you know, I'm not going to lie, I read the article. So <laughs> be kind of oh, cheating. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> But I completely agree with some of his conclusions. But I, outside of what he had in there, which I know we're going to cover, I would say try and remove yourself from the moment if you can. I don't pursue an almost out of body experience and recognize that the moment, the pressure, the situation that you're in is related to the situation and not necessarily the greater part of your life. I don't know if that makes sense at all. But too often we get into these high pressure situations and we are all in to fix them or address whatever the thing is. But we also go all in emotionally. We go all in psychologically. And we think that whatever the outcome of said scenario is, is going to impact every aspect of our life, which isn't usually the case, right? Separating yourself, if you can, mentally from whatever that is gives you the opportunity to start thinking more clearly, more abstractly, more third-party-ish, if you will, which is usually when I find the solutions that I'm pursuing. Yeah, that's excellent advice, Chris. When I think about it, I think about that's why knowing your strengths, knowing your natural pattern of thinking, feeling, and behaving is really helpful. Here's what I mean. In that moment of pressure, if you are in the flow state or you're using your strengths and you're mindful of what those are and that they exist, it gives you the confidence to step up and to do hard things. And so I think the practice of strengths is great, you know, as we look at, hey, look at the, the positive side of strengths, you know, not always critique yourself, but when you're truly freed and understand how to utilize your strengths and what you look like when you're being your very best self at work, that gives extra confidence. So when that big ball of pressure is on your shoulders and it feels like the weight of the world's coming down, all we can do at the end of the day is our very best. And our very best is found through using our strengths. And so I would say just being very active and mindful of strengths each and every day so that you show up and that when you're called upon 
that you show up and well, you kind of grow up because you know that you have the confidence to get it done and you just execute in your strengths. That's awesome, Mark. I'll tell you what this article found. It said that really you got to slow down your mind and the people who are able to slow down were able to be able to trick the goalie because I think there's something about I and like I'm pretty novice at um, football, European football or soccer, whatever one you want to call it. But I think there's some tricks you can do with your eyes and you have to be like really focused and kind of go into that slow motion phase that Mark was talking about in order to get the, the ball in. But here's what I thought was really interesting because really it's five kicks. And I think in the article didn't really get into this, but there is some science that talks about if they make like the first two, they're more likely to make the last three. And so relying on your team members to perform also plays a big part in it. So next time you watch World Cup game, the Women's World Cup is coming up and you can watch that and you can see see what, how those penalty kicks turn out and see how they handle the pressure because they article even said sometimes even their legs were shaking when they went up to go do the kick and I can tell you there's been some times in business where I've been a little shook and had to go do something that I wasn't overly confident in so I um I appreciated it I wasn't a soccer player I was a basketball player and in basketball you have free throws similar concept oh, yeah maybe maybe not as much weight on every individual free throw as a soccer shootout goal but you it's still you and the goal and your your job to make that basket and uh you know I've shot probably over 10,000 plus free throws in practice and in games and such yeah. and one thing one of my early coaches taught me was do the exact same routine every single time before you shoot the ball you know for me it's two dribbles loosen the legs take a deep breath shoot the ball but everyone has a unique uh, approach and if you watch nba games you watch college games guys who shoot a lot of free throws they're doing the same exact thing every time so that that mentally calms you it takes you to that place of okay this is muscle memory this is me executing on something that i know i can do and have done however many umpteen times right wasn't it even Michael Phelps who on one of his gold, when he was on that big gold medal race in the Olympics, then his goggles come off and he knew the race so well, he was able to do it in record time. Yeah. They were leaking. Yeah. He yep. was looking, he had to keep his eyes yeah. closed the whole time and did it. He was mad. You could see him when he got off and ripped those goggles right off. But and here's the thing. His coach had stepped on his goggles in one yes. of his practices. I loved that. That was amazing. Yes. So he had already experienced that. Okay, Mark, so you're going to start stepping on our planners. So we. Well, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to leave your planners alone because I know they're very important to you. But I would, I would just stress this one point too, Amy, when you're talking about the number of attempts, the five, and if they make the first two, I think that really speaks to the power of momentum. Is like when we get into these high stress, kind of challenging situations, what is the thing we say all over and over again? Do the next right thing. Because what happens is once you make one, the second one's easier. And momentum, as John Maxwell says so well, will solve about 80% of our problems, just getting back to some sort of momentum. And so when I find myself in that pressure, pressure situation, it's not always the, the big win I'm looking for. But boy, I'll tell you what, if it's set the ball down like Chris did, if it's focused on my technique, if it's doing the next right thing over and over, and then I get into that state of momentum, boy, then I really feel good about making a strong comeback and, and doing my best to win that thing. So that's a really great observation. You know, I read an article as well. Yeah, what'd you read? 
Yeah, and it, it kind of it kind of leans into this whole topic. And it was an article um, by Ashley Say in Forbes, and it's called "Harnessing the Power of Positive Thinking for Leadership Success." And and so it goes back into a lot of what we just talked about. But you know, it it anchored on this concept that boy, we really need to stay in the front side of the model in order to have the resiliency levels necessary to push through. One of the, one of the recommendations among many was positive affirmations. Let me ask you, do you have any quotes or positive affirmations in I shot of you all the time? I have our mission statement. That's a good one. Chris, why is that meaningful to you? It's just a powerful reminder of what are we working to achieve, right? And that's improving uh, the health of our clients' businesses and making the lives of the people we work with better. I mean, what what a calling, like, you know, to improve others around you. It's it's pretty fantastic. And when I get stressed out or I get a little frustrated, it's nice to see that because it's front and center on my desk and go, okay, there's this is a this is bigger than myself. There's more people involved here. There's, there's purpose behind what we do. And these hard times are okay because it, it improves the lives of others. Well, I have a couple of things. Um, one of the things when my dad dropped me off at college, he gave me a little metal quote that said, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? And I haven't ever brought it to work, but I have it on my desk at home. And it was, I always thought that that was really, really um, powerful. And it was always a good question to ask myself to make sure I was stretching myself and not getting too comfortable. Um, the other thing is I have something from Mark on my desk. Um, he got me a print of my one of my favorite places in the whole world, which is Omaha, Nebraska, the Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge. So you constantly build bridges with people. And so I have that on my desk and I look at it every day and it's a reminder of that. And it's a reminder of one of my favorite places. Wow. That's awesome. You know, that the one that comes to my mind um, is actually tied to some work we're doing in, in our book club here at Signature Performance. And we're reading John Acuff's book, uh, or we will be reading it, Soundtracks. And part of that book is a link to the website, which we'll include in the show notes. And it has John's new anthem. And I have to tell you, Okay, I get that you can't out positive pain. There's always going to be hard things. And I think every emotion that we go through is an important emotion. If it wasn't for the hard times, we wouldn't even appreciate the good times. And so I think, I think first of all, it's all important. But this affirmation, and if it's okay, I'll just share a little bit with you, really put me over the edge. It gave me so much confidence when I was going through some trials. And so um, he just wrote it out. It's a little bit longer, but I'm just going to give you the first 10 principles of this. He said, I, Mark Mathiah, choose my thoughts. I know that doing my best starts with thinking my best. Like laying a path for an adventure, these thoughts will set the course of my actions. I'm confident that what I think matters. I'm excited to see what happens next. I'm disciplined and dedicated to sticking with it. And here are the 10 things I know. Now check these out. They're awesome. Today is a brand new day. Tomorrow is too. Number two, I've got a gift worth giving. Number three, the only person standing in my way is me. And I quit doing that yesterday. Number four. <laughs> I am the CEO of me, and I am the best boss. Number five, winning is, winning is contagious. When I help others win, I win too. Number six, feeling uncomfortable is just a sign that my old comfort zone is having a hard time keeping up with me. Number seven, momentum 
is messy. Number eight, everything is always working out for me. By the way, I say that every stinking day. Everything is always working out for me. I'm in a jam. Everything's always working out for me. Number nine, I am my biggest fan. And number 10, the best response to obstacles is to do it anyway. So much power in reading that every single day. I have it taped on my bathroom mirror. And it's it's that kind of the mantra that I use in the morning. And I do find it really helpful. Probably the most helpful that I've ever had in terms of a mantra. I remember listening to someone say this phrase of, if everything we worried about came true, how different would life be, right? Like we spend so much time and so much effort worrying about things that are hypotheticals, that that never actually come to fruition. And the reason is because we we fix it, right? We dive in, we, we avoid those situations, whatever it might be. But it's like, it's amazing how much time and effort has been lost to the world focusing on the negative instead of embracing the positive and pursuing these affirmations and these these thoughts that we can share with one another to keep everybody energized and, and on the go. You know, the other thing that it really pointed on why I like this article so much is it used an old positive psychology trick. And, and you know, I'm a big fan of positive psychology anyway, but this is a, a trick called savoring. And it's really just reflecting on a success or a good time in the past. Now, let me ask you a question because we know that the human brain is wired to focus on the negative. It's there intentionally as a mechanism to keep us safe. However, the savoring technique has been shown to really help us kind of grow through, gain momentum quicker, uh, be more competent and confident. In your lives, how much time do you spend thinking about what went really well in your day? Probably not enough, I would say, to be perfectly honest. But I will say, when I get mired down pretty heavily, I do, like I said, try and take a step back. And one of the things that I pursue is, have I ever encountered something like this before? What other victories have I experienced? And that gives me confidence to dive in and, and move forward through whatever the current situation is. Because Claims XM, our, our team over there... The, the, my team is phenomenal. I love these people. They are amazing professionals. They are fantastic. And the VA and our customers throw things at us that are complex, difficult, off the wall, and usually have a very short runway within which we can accomplish them. But because they've done it over and over and over, my team successfully accomplishing whatever these things are, I have confidence that we'll be able to do this next one, right? Like every time it's 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 a tidal wave of some kind or another, but I know we're going to find a way to get through just because my team is so special and so amazing and, and capable. I have a very thick planner. And one of the things I do is I keep track of my wins of the week. And so I write them down in my planner so then I can go back and look through it. The other thing is on our team, I will, if we do have like brainstorming or collaboration time at the end of the week, I always ask them what their win of the week was. And they're usually pretty prepared for that piece of it. So we can always, I think the end of the week is really important that you end really um, in a spot of, oh, I'm doing really good. So then you have momentum to come back in on Monday. Um, as a leader, I think ending Friday really well. I would imagine my team doesn't love my four o'clock meetings on Friday afternoon, but I feel like we we try to make it fun. So at least everyone's laughing together as we, we can end in that mode of, hey, we won this week. We got better this week. 
um, I knew what my impact was this week. And I think that really helps too. And I think the other thing is, and I, I'm probably weird about this. Mark saw me do this once. I track everything I want to do. And then I check it off as to see. So if it's like my morning routine, did I do it? Did I do it? Did I do it? Did I at night, did I, you know, do everything I wanted to do at night? And that's probably just for me personally in my planner, but at work a little bit too. I have a, I, I would call it just my sheet, all the things that I really want to get done and make sure I, and I love being able to cross it off. I've had my sheets all like covered and cross out. That's really, really good for me. It feels really good. So I had a yeah. weird experience last week that I'll share with you guys is we, we needed to research something to get some information, some historical information. And so I was asked to, to pull some of this out. And I went back through my emails from last year. Right? I'm coming through a year's worth of emails specific to the pharmacy side of Claims XM. And I, I was just kind of blown away by all these events and these scenarios and these situations that were in all these emails of things we had to overcome. Here's another thing that another challenge overcome, another challenge overcome. And I challenge each of you who are listening to, to maybe spend some time occasionally and do that and look back through your emails and it's amazing how much you forget just because time carries you forward, right? We all do amazing things on a daily basis. And sometimes it's really good to just take a minute and go, where have I been in the past year? Holy yeah. cow, we, we accomplished so much. It's pretty fantastic. I think that's so important. And, and, and I think, Amy, you covered a great thing of writing down goals, being able to cross them off, kind of checking off towards those momentum. Um, I love that's I love that aspect about that article. And the article went into a little bit more depth on each of those. So uh, great conversation. And Chris, I know you brought an article to the table today. And so I want to give you some time to talk about yours. Well, appreciate that. So our own Morgan Sammons, our senior instructional designer here at Signature, uh, she wrote an article for LinkedIn and uh, it was really a good read and resonated quite well with me. Uh, in, in my role, I do a lot of facilitation of phone calls, right? So interacting with groups all over the place all the time. And her article was all about the seven second rule. The value of seven silent seconds is the title of the article. And the main premise behind it was, are we giving the people on our team or the people that we're interacting with enough time to think and provide an answer? And in the article, she uses the example of two teachers, a math teacher who picks the first student that raises their hand to answer the question and the science teacher who waits long enough to see who else will raise their hand and who's had a chance to think through it. And I thought that was really, really good. Just phenomenal to think about how important having a little time to process, a little time to think is, and the respect that we show when we give others the same opportunity to think about an item, to, to, to focus on it, especially in this remote culture, this remote workforce that we are, right? It takes me seven seconds to find the mute button sometimes because it might be three or four screens deep, right? So even more valuable to have that extra time to, to enable others to participate in the conversation. So Mark, you're an excellent communicator and I always have a fun time speaking with you, talking with you. So how do you feel about silence when you're in a conversation with someone? Uh, so there's there's two two ways I could look at that. One used to freak me out, like, right, I wanted to fill the space and so much so that I would end up over talking everybody. You both have probably noticed that from time to time. I get a little anxious in my own head and I'm not really listening. Since I've been more mindful about it, 
I now value that silence more than anything else. So even if I'm instructing a class or giving a keynote or, or, or doing anything to stay silent and not say anything and let people think has been one of the greatest gifts I've ever had because the output coming back is always much better when we just give a little time. So I don't know why I had it in my mind that it was uncomfortable to have a little silence. I now value that silence and that white space of just freedom to kind of think through things. One of the reasons here at Signature that becomes even more important is because our vice president of, of talent is high in context, is his number one. That means that he really needs to connect with how did we get here before we could go forward? really he's the king of the meeting after the meeting. But if I have a real fast paced meeting and I'm just shooting off question after question after question, he'll get noticeably disturbed. Like, ah, but if I give him time to reflect, to use his context and his strength, then all of a sudden we get to where we want to go a lot quicker. But it took me to learn some patience in, in what my expectations are. And as a communicator, even when I'm talking to the audience, just to let them have some silence so that they can think and kind of process the message that was just delivered. Silence really is a powerful tool. And I think our culture is afraid of it in conversation, right? We feel we call it the awkward silence, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can't agree more with what you shared. It is a tool for your toolbox. I recall a situation with one of our customers where we had this crossroads we were going through and we needed them to make a really important decision. And we had one direction that they could make and they were headed the wrong direction, right? So we literally sat there on the phone in silence for almost a minute, like waiting for them to run this through. And then they finally recognized, okay, they're right, you know, and then they came back, but we could have kept talking, we could have filled the void, we could have, you know, which would have taken away from that processing time for them. And thankfully, it worked out in our favor, and they, they decided to go the right direction. But silence is a, it's a, a powerful tool. Amy, I know, in your role, you are fantastic at communications, right? You're, you're working with folks, redirecting things, but you're also great at bringing people's information in and, and bringing people into conversations. So what pro tips have you used in the past to engage your teammates who typically prefer to remain silent and you know more in the background? It's a good question, especially because I have a team of behind the scenes people, right? They're not used, I have a lot more behind the scenes people than I do upfront people. Um, one thing, I do, and I feel like I'm giving away all my secrets to producer Addison here, but I, um, I actually go around the circle and make sure everybody talks. And then what I like about doing that, unless you're the first person, um, once, you know, I call on you, then we know the order that they're going to go. And I usually, um, try to strategically pick the first person, either somebody who I need to them to get a little experience talking so they can go first. Or sometimes I know who's most prepared so that I can get everyone else kind of rises up to that. But I, we do, I do a lot of meetings where we go person by person and make sure everybody weighs in. And if there's someone who's being extra quiet, sometimes I let it happen because sometimes they just need to soak it in and, I, and that's okay. Um, but I do know, I had a marketing professor in college tell me, never go to a meeting where you don't talk otherwise you've lost your seat you better talk in every meeting you're in and I think that was really really solid advice and I tried to teach that as well um, because I think that that's really really valuable and she she was right mm. Dr. Meyer was right 
I think it keeps you engaged too, right? Like if you're, if you're looking for those moments of what do I have to give? Like that's, that's fantastic. You're, if you're on a phone call or in a meeting, you're there for a reason. Right? Yeah. Participate, right? You better talk. Yeah. You better say something. And um, I thought it was, it was advice that stuck in my head. It's great advice. And, and I would also throw in too, as a leader, right? What happens when somebody's over talking? And so it's to have this recognition that, hey, um, you know, I need to have a little less, you know, you're, you're probably at a seven, you need to come to a four, uh, take it so that other people can be heard. And so I think as a leader, how you do that gracefully keeps them engaged and then enables everybody's voice to be heard. But sometimes in these meetings, especially depending on your team, you may have one or two people uh, who tend to carry the show and talk the most. And so it's really hard in a leadership role to kind of help regulate that as well. Well, We had a a podcast in the past about psychological safety. So if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to it, I encourage you to to look back in our past episodes because that one's really helpful for garnering a culture that allows for for all of this engagement. Well, team, we shared three great articles and we celebrated together. One year of doing a podcast. It is such an honor and a privilege to be in the arena with both of you and to serve this great organization called Signature Performance. To our clients and to our listeners, to our associates and partners in the arena, thank you so much for all that you've done and all that you will do. As you reflect on the three Uh, articles we brought up today. Whether you're thinking about World Cup soccer and how to handle pressure, (laughs) whether you're harnessing that, that power of positive thinking as a leader, or whether you're understanding what Morgan brought forward, how to just take seven seconds to listen and give people time to think, whichever one of those, the challenge for you is, besides interview, or sending an email to our producer, Addison Stoddard, is thinking through which one of those challenges will you take this week and put it into practice and let us know how it goes. We really want to hear. But until we talk again, Chris, Amy, and to our producer, Addison, thank you so much for one of the funnest years I've had and for being a partner on in podcast and doing this together. It's been an honor and a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. Happy anniversary, y'all. Happy Happy anniversary. anniversary. See ya. Signature Performance is the foremost leader in healthcare administration. Your work advancing our mission is transforming healthcare in the U.S. Signature is bringing together the best and brightest in healthcare. Discover opportunities at www signatureperformance.com slash careers and be inspired to build an uncommon career that matters.